Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFiera. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how are you Okay, I'm doing, doing good, I'll tell you. <laughs> I'm doing good. We're both staring at this timer that Brandon's just set down, and now I'm trying to have a little fun with it. Yeah. <laughs> LJ, I'm doing good. Um, another in-person episode. Um, I don't know. I've done it. What, it's like the fifth or sixth one we've done since we've sure. been home. Because we did. We haven't just done um, a power rankings in person. We, we did, did power something rankings in that one Saturday. That Yeah, it was yeah. the Champions League Saturday. Champions yep. League Saturday. Um yeah, no, another in-person episode, week 10 of the power rankings. Um, you know, this is, at this point in the season, and we've been saying this, but I think now more than ever, you really get a feel for these teams, who's going to be in it, who um, has a reasonable chance that's not in the playoff picture right now. But, you know, we, we understand what each team is made of, what their 2022, I guess, uh, definition of their team is. And, you know, there was still quite a bit of movement in my rankings. There's still a few teams that I'm buying a little more stock on. Um, LJ, I sold a little bit of my Ha-Sung Kim stock. I know that we haven't Finally. done this. We haven't done this in a while. Um, I'm telling you, we... you should have you cut. You should have sold some when he was 
when it was at, the, at its highest. I know. Earlier this year, it was definitely that its peak, right, yeah. so far. And, look, he's still fairly young. You know, actually, who's saying it went back? down? No, who's saying it went down? They're down. They're two best infielders now, the Padres, Machado and Tatis. Only Both more places he time. can play. Yeah, <laughs> only more playing time. And our guy Jake Cronenworth can get a little more playing time there. And um, I'm excited. I'm going to be talking about the Padres much later on um, in this show. But um, should we get right into our number 30 through 26? And for the first time in a couple weeks, we uh, disagree at number 30. Once again, LJ, you have a new team. This is, I believe, the fourth team now in total that we've ranked last Yep, I, that sounds that sounds right. All right, LJ, over under four and a half for teams that we rank last. Will there be one more team other than the A's, Royals, Reds, and Diamondbacks? Um, I could see it. The Nationals the could easily, or the Nationals. Yeah, again, if, if we're talking about people selling stock, I probably had more stock on the Tigers this year than anyone else outside of the city of Detroit. And Tigers pitching. We had we had a lot of stock in their pitching. I, I you know, I don't even I wouldn't even say that you had a lot in the hitting. I remember us just being very excited about the the pitching side. I thought this was a fringe wild card team this year because they did add they added to their offense. They already had a tremendous pitching staff and that offense just imploded. But I mean, either way, yeah, there's, it's, it's really bad. There's nothing you can complain about with this pitching, though, still. No. Like, Therese Kubal is one of the best pitchers in the league they're this da- year. They're down the majority of their good pitchers at this point. And Mize, gonna, Tommy John, right? Like, he won't be back for a while. And... Legitimately, you get Matt Manning, Casey Mize, and Spencer Turnbull back into this rotation, like, things are very different. Like, you, you look at this and think of this group very differently and that's also assuming that a couple of these rookies here aren't going to be able to pull out some interesting stuff too like out of like Alex Fado and uh, Bo Brisk you got to think one of them is going to hit and at least be able to be the five yeah no I mean they're in those guys I also forgot about Eddie as well Eddie, yeah. Rod- Eddie Rodriguez is coming Hopefully coming back well, eventually once we family even, matters are... Is, 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 that, is that what it is? We I just believe, heard personal reasons, undisclosed matter. We're going to assume it's, it's something like that. Yeah. Or is this another Calvin Ridley uh, situation where just suddenly it disappears one day and then, oh, uh-oh, he's gambling on games. And... I just don't buy... I just don't buy uh, Eddie Rodriguez gambling... Like, of all of the guys, like, of all the guys on this team to gamble, I mean, isn't that entirely Javi Baez's plate approach? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I think I'm putting He's gambling on, on himself, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's gambling on if this pitch is going to be middle-middle fastball, and every time it is, good job, good on him, but... So, quick question, and then we'll actually get into the rankings. When I went to the Tigers-Yankees game, and I saw Joey Gallo for the Yankees, Ben Javi Baez for the Tigers. Is it possible that in the same game I was watching the two the the two guys with the two worst a- approaches at the plate in the league? Hundred percent. Javi Baez and Joey Gallo. Is there anyone else who has a worse approach at the plate? 
at the plate. Yasmani Grandal, I feel, is is a sleeper so in that category. I hate it so much. Joey Gallo, at play. least... Here's the thing with, with Joey Gallo. He is patient enough to work the count and draw a walk. Javi Baez, easily the worst approach in the league. Because there's, there's no walks, and it's just swinging at everything. And try, it's not even like productive swings like trying to put the ball in play it's trying to hit a home run and that's where joey gallo goes wrong but at least he's not scared to take a couple of pitches i mean javi baez we've seen where he's had like close to single digit walks in triple digit strikeouts yeah you know i if i had to put this together let's talk in terms of like a tier list i think javi baez is up there on his own in terms of uh plate approach of of regular starters, yeah. we should say. Like, there's some guys, some young guys here that really just, it's tough, man. But they're young. This is an established yeah. player. A if guy I, that has hit 30 home runs in a season more than once. We're not going to talk about the Spencer Torkelson's, Bobby Dahlbeck's of the world where, you know, and that wasn't me trying to uh, soften on the blow on Bobby because it's definitely deserved at this point. The plate approach isn't that good and really needs to, you know, Get down, get down, and actually learn how to hit a curveball. Yeah, yeah. Um, if we're talking, yeah, the other guy who we should be putting into this conversation is um, what do you call it? I'm blanking now. Our dear friend from L.A. Matt Beatty. No, or not the other Matt the other guy from L.A. Uh, who Muncy? No, it's not Angels. A good Angels. Angels. Triple A got sent down. Joe Adele. Thank you. Joe Adele. <laughs> um, I'm not sure how I lost that word There's there. so much Joe Adele slander like in the in library deserved. of this podcast. If you go through like, some of the past episodes, we have just ravaged this guy. <laughs> it's so bad. I don't, so I don't bad. know what else to say. He's not good either. So, um, I mean, the amount of Jeter, Glaber Torres, uh, Joe Adele... The baseballs, the Oakland A's in their front office. I just really appreciate... There's a couple tangents that we're just very passionate about. Yes, and to continue on to one of those tangents, now that you mentioned it, we should mention the fact that Jeter Downs has been called up for the Boston Red Sox. This could be some major history here, as as soon as he's able to record a put-out or an assist, he pretty much locks up being the best defensive Jeter in AL East history. And I don't see that going away anytime soon. You know, I'm going to have to agree with you because Johnny Jeter, um, a guy that played in the late 60s, early 70s, was unfortunately an outfielder not in the AL East. So, um, you know, was looking for a little bit of a lifeline when I typed Jeter into baseball (laughs) reference and got Johnny Jeter. All right, let's see Sean Jeter. Played in 1992. Well, that's a bad start under positions it just says pinch runner so <laughs> that's not good oh sean jeter's the son of johnny jeter would you look who at that thought? who would have thought it? negative 37 ops plus zero defensive war though so maybe he did play in the field outfield again of course all right i mean did you really think the son of johnny jeter wasn't going to play his father's position but back to the original point here if we're talking only established guys, if we're not putting... No, we're putting Joe Adele into this just for the slander. Joe Adele. I think we're Javi talking... Javi Baez. Ha, Joe Adele and Javi Baez are on tier one. Yeah. Then Gallo. tier two is Gallo and Yasmani Grandal. The guys that you hate their plate approach because, you know, the power is not going to actually be there because 
they're not able to make contact enough. Especially you know, this year. With yeah. a good ball. Yeah, with, with a, a good with ball. With a proper ball. I'd say this ball... 2019, it's a completely different story. Yes. Yeah. This ball is much more proper than 2019. So I think anything you've seen in the last three years, throw it out. I'd rather this ball every day of the week than the others because it gets rid of this plate approach. The other guy that would have been considered in this, I think, maybe... If we're talking about this in 2020, Chris Bryant's in this conversation. Yeah. Um, He's grown a lot since then. It's the homie. We're big Chris Bryant supporters on this podcast. And the man got paid. You know, I, I, I'm going to give this man no more slander. I don't care that he was like, screw it, I'm chasing the bag. He already got a ring. He's got an MVP, a rookie of the year. And now he got a hundred and something, a million dollars. I mean. And I, eventually when he gets healthy... He is going to make himself. He put himself. He put himself only in a great position. He didn't worry about teams or fan bases and winning them championships. He put himself there. He's already got. But he does. He care tri- about team success. Absolutely. Yeah, but like. I mean, he's crying deci- when, he, yes. when he left. The no, 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 no. I'm not saying that. But like, and it, that's also like, it's tough to walk away from a place you've spent so much time. Oh, yeah. But he, when he made this decision. He put himself in the area for max personal success. Mm. You already have those things, as you said. You got the bag. You got paid. And now you're putting yourself at cores while ha- only half your career is probably going to be spent at Coors Field. That's going to, once he gets healthy, inflate his home run numbers enough to really help him help sell his uh, Hall of Fame candidacy. Oh, yeah. Like, that's, honestly, that's the ideal thing to do. You know, you're in, you're in your late prime or mid-prime, you go to Colorado. If you don't spend your whole career in Colorado, you have good years outside of that, everyone's going to not use the core as an excuse. Like, Case in point, Larry Walker didn't spend his whole career in Colorado, and everyone was trying to use the time he spent in Colorado to drag him down. And the time he spent in St. Louis and uh, Montreal ends up helping him get into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, um, exactly. So it's not going to hurt him that much because he has so much, so many successful years outside. Absolutely. Well, let's get into these power rankings. Let's get we into the starting. actual list. We are so, 12 minutes in now, aren't we? Yeah, about. It's okay. Um, <laughs> That's okay. All right. Because so, well, actually like my, said, first, my first um, thing I wanted to mention with this, and the reason this is going to go by quickly... I have very little change in mm. my bottom ten. As much as you said people were jumping around, I just didn't see it. I have a, I have teams moving, but it's like one or two spots. But it's pretty much the same ten. Um, LJ, if you want to run through 30 through 21, we might as well. Because as of a few weeks ago, we also kind of agreed that it's just... It, there's there's a bottom ten, and that's really it. There yeah, isn't no much separate... There isn't much separation between the bottom five and bottom ten. All right, so my top ten, my bottom ten, starting at 30, I've got the Oakland A's, the newcomers to that bottom spot. Then I've got the Royals at 29, the Reds at 28, the Cubs at 27, Tigers at 26, the Nationals 25, Pirates 24, Rockies 23, Orioles 22, and Rangers in the 21 spot. Um... Yeah, I mean, again, the Pirates are still... I, I trust them even on a slow stretch. Like, I'm well, trying to find when ways is, to When have we ever said we trust the Pirates? I trust them to be better than the majority of these teams yeah. on this list at this point. They are a decent Hey, Jack Sawinski yesterday, three yes. homers and the walk-off homer. Uh, it was funny, impressive. you know, the day after we put our uh, NL Rookie of the Year picks out, I'm pretty sure like I saw like four or five of them in different headlines. 
Really? Yeah. So we we certainly picked a good time to be putting out that episode. They t- they chose a pretty good time to continue putting themselves in that race. It was certainly interesting to see. All right, my uh, did you go all the way to twenty one? I did. Okay, thirty to twenty one for me. I've got the Royals still um, for the third week in a row. They are number thirty. I've moved the A's down one spot to twenty nine. The Nationals down one spot to 28, and the Reds move up two spots from 29 to 27. Tigers drop a spot and move to 26. Pirates swap with the Tigers and move up to 25. Cubs stay at 24. The Rockies and Orioles swap spots at 23 and 22, respectively. Diamondbacks at 21 remain the same. Um, I guess the team that had the best week out of this group of teams is the Orioles, four and three, um, pitched fairly well. Uh, actually, had a nice week offensively. Um, yeah, moved up to twenty-two, and you know I'm actually glad that they are not an absolute laughing stock anymore. Like they're bad, but they're gonna win ten or fifteen more games than they did last year. Yeah, and we're getting into a situation where, you know, they're going to have a little more room to grow. Now, you know, you're starting to call up these guys. Of course, unfortunately, you're not going to end up probably seeing a any early Grayson Rodriguez like mm. we thought we would this year, or at least I thought we would see this year. There's no need but to rush, though, you know. There's no that. need to rush, but yeah, he looked ready. Yeah, and oh, yeah. He's the one guy, or the second guy, I thought could was talented enough to go pa- push past all of the dumb stuff that ends up happening if you're a pitcher in Baltimore. Like, they try to ruin you, and he was ta- he's talented enough to get past that. But now, you know, you're talking injuries, we'll see. But other than them, though, I mean, you talk about the Tigers, Riley Green, O'Neill Cruz with the Pirates, even, even still the Orioles being able to get more time with Adley Rushman, having him get settled in and more comfortable will mean a lot towards them being able to grow and move past that. And it's really kind of, I think him starting to get hot contributed a lot to the success this week. Well, um, I'll tell you my 20 through 16. Uh, The Mariners move back from 19 to number 20. The Marlins move back from number 18 to number 19. The Angels drop two spots and go from 16 to 18. The White Sox stay the same at 17. And I moved the Rangers up four spots um, from 20 to 16. And might seem like a little weird when you look and you're like, Brandon, the Rangers went three and four this week. Uh, and I understand that, but I felt like moving back like that the angels a spot the marlins a spot the mariners are a spot the rangers are better than those teams and i know that it was a three and four week and it and, and it sucks to say this because i like the angels and i like the white Sox. i like a lot of players on those teams but the rangers have just been playing better baseball as of late they 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 just have and um this might be a one-week thing where you might be like, Brandon, you know, why why are they at 16? Like, when, when you look, or they're going to ask in a week, like, why are they there? And, yeah, they're a half game behind the Angels. I don't see any differences in these teams other than the Angels have two superstars. The Rangers have two stars. 
One one star, Brutal. one star, Brutal. one star in Corey Seager, one good guy in Adelise Garcia, and one failed, but could be a star in Marcus Simeon, who's actually kind of picked hey, it up lately. He's first, up. first off, you're disrespecting Corey Seager. Second, you're completely Corey forgetting Seager about John Gray. Where does John Gray fit into that equation? No, okay, but... Okay, as much as we like to joke about he's, John yeah. Gray, he's actually right, been, I was being serious. Yeah, he's actually been like <laughs> solid this year. Like four two seven ERA, a three to one walk or strikeout to walk ratio. Um, Martin Perez and John Gray—that's the two guys that they go out and they get in free agency. You know, um, Martin Perez been dealing. I mean, LJ, I texted our fantasy football group chat a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, Martin Perez is in the AL Cy Young conversation. Uh, and, uh, you know, not a lot of people saw it coming, but we saw signs of him being great in Boston and previously in his career as well. So yeah, this is, that's why this I is moved the... the Rangers up, though. I, I seriously think that they're... 16th. I, I think that they're better than the Angels and the White Sox right now. I, I really think so. Again, hot stretch merchant here. I just I don't see the depth with this team. And I don't see that much depth with the Angels either, but the Rangers also haven't feel, felt like they proved much to me. Okay. Again, you're talking about, what was it, 5-5 five and five over the last 10? Getting a, little mo- getting a little bit more of that context in there I think is important past yeah. just this past week. That's why I tend to use last 10 instead of last 7. seven. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I just they're they're very meh. Speaking of meh teams, here did I go through my number? Oh, uh, yeah, do twenty to sixteen. Okay, uh, Mariners twenty, the Diamondbacks to nineteen, the Marlins stay at eighteen, the Angels are set now up to seventeen, White Sox stay at sixteen. Um, a lot of this was a matter of everyone was so middle that a decent week was gonna put bump you up like. Just because I moved the Angels up two spots, it has no indictment or indicator on anything that they've done, in my eyes. Like, that doesn't mean that they are that good a team. But what it does mean is that they did, you know, if I had to pick which team is going to be... If I was going to pick who is going to win a three-game series out of any of this group, it would have been the Angels. The one I find interesting is the Marlins, because the Marlins find ways... I feel like they've been... They have been stuck in this, like, 22 to 16 range the entire year. And now this is back-to-back weeks at 18, where they've literally just been fine. Like, this is a 5-5 five and five week from them. And looking around them, you know, there was a team I was able to say played much worse above them and a team below them that played much better. They find ways both in their control and out of their control to be average, which I find very interesting. Um, LJ, Sandy Alcantara continued his streak. Um, we have a new stat that, that um, I saw on Twitter um, someone came up with, and I love it. So we have the quality start, which is six innings, three earned runs or less, right? Yes. That's the official definition. What about the Alcantara start? This is uh-huh. a new thing because he does it every single start. Seven innings, two runs or less. So add an inning. Brandon, that's, that's our great start stat. Is it? I, I thought ours was six and two. I didn't know that we were doing. Seven. Was it? I thought it was seven I, and two. I, 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 I swear it was six. Cause okay. There's no way. I mean, we could check, but still, the fact that Sandy now 
seven games in a row, seven innings, two earned runs or less. He goes eight innings, allows two earned runs against the Mets. Actually gets the win the other day. Gerard Encarnacion, first career game, first home run is a grand slam, helping out Sandy. Let's go. Sandy's winning the Cy Young. Sandy is winning the Cy Young this year. Cy I mean, Young, Sandy. He's almost at a hundred innings already. <laughs> he's, he's. I mean, he was one of the That's only guys. That's some Zach Wheeler stuff right there. Well, him and Zach Wheeler were like the only two guys that went over two hundred last year. It might have been Adam Wainwright too. Those were like the only guys that that were doing it. This is a true workhorse. Um, Twenty six years old as well. We've been on this guy, uh, and. When you look at his contract, five years, fifty-six million through twenty twenty-six, um, he's certainly going to want his payday. Um, if he wins the Cy Young and he's looking, he's like, I'm making eleven million. I don't have any arbitration years because they bought them out. Yeah, yeah, and it's one of those situations where, like, do you really, do you really necessarily want, like, you want your bag, of course, but is it better worth it to wait? Because, yes, you're not on the most competitive team, but Miami is a good baseball market internally. Like, you can kind of find people... Like, there's certainly people who love baseball and live for baseball in that Miami market. And I think, overall, his personality kind of lends itself well to the place. So, maybe, you know, if you're talking about... Are you talking about restructuring, or are you talking trying to restructure your contract, or are you talking about... No, it's just like, you know, it's going to be the same It's gonna be the same with Acuna in a couple of years, Yeah, too, they're both going to want like, their bag. Where it's like, okay, sure, I have this long-term protection through 2026. I'm under contract through them, which is great, you know, to have that job security. But it's like, I'm worth way more than $11 million a year. You look at what John Gray just got. He's looking at John Gray and saying... I'm way better than this guy. And look at what the Rangers did. But that's also because the Rangers just wanted to screw everything up for everybody. Just ruin our entire offseason. They're the bigger they're bigger villains than the PA or the league. In my eyes, at this point. Because well, I just I care so I mean, little about I care so little at this point about that, the actual negotiations. Just the fact that everyone knew what was gonna happen. Like everyone knew there was gonna be a lockout. There was a one hundred and twenty percent chance it was gonna happen, and the Rangers were still like, nah, you know, it should be fine. Let's just let's just go get everybody now while every other team is just sitting there like, Yup, like guys, we're not gonna be doing anything for three and a half months um it's just it's done and it's also like you're not doing anything for not doing anything for three and a half months you have more time to do stuff in those three and a half months because like those people involved with the baseball decisions aren't going to be the ones negotiating this cba so they have plenty of time maybe i mean at least the rangers for the most part made the right moves like Maybe they gave everybody. It too hasn't much. backfired. They gave yet. everybody too much money, but Martin Perez, great pickup. John Gray, great pickup. Corey Seager, it great fit pickup. their needs absolutely. But Marcus Simeon, maybe. What if you were able to find a better option for second base if you just watched more tape, looked into more numbers over those three months? Like you could have. That money still was there. They never had you to trade Kiner Falefa either to the Twins to get yep. Mitch Garver. I mean, I like that pickup for them, and it's worked out. But it's like. You know, they never had to get rid of him. They never had to get rid of Joey Gallo last year either. And it's looking like... I mean, That's looking you know, actually pretty good. But, but, you know, in like so, some of Joey Gallo, I think, is just can't handle 
New York, um, similar to like a sunny gray, maybe. Like, I don't know. I- lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down... The likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. I don't, I, I never liked Joey Kello going into this, so... It's just been he's such a confusing player to evaluate, man. Because all the all the metrics say, say that he's just you know that he's better than some of the other hitters on the Yankees team, and it's like you sit here and watch the games, and the math is telling you one thing. That's why in the your math's eyes. stupid. Watch, the, use your eyes. Except if your eyes only telling you to use batting average, then use a little bit of numbers. But um, or RBIs. <laughs> um. It's anyway. not my fault no one's on base when I come up to the plate. What do you want me to do? That's why I got so few RBIs, LJ. Um, yeah, we got to keep moving here. We do list. have to keep moving. Yeah, my, no, my point being, enough time. to r- wrap up that point, if they had the, the money that they allocated to those guys still would have been there and still would have been above everybody else if they waited till the mm. CBA was done. So they could have taken all that time. They might have been able to find be- both better deals or flat-out better players better options if they'd spent the whole time scouting and making those picks rather than just over-inflating the market. It was amazing. And, LJ, one last thing. I literally told you, like, it was during one of the World Series episodes, I was like, you know, the Rangers could go after one of these big guys, and you were very quick to shut me down, saying, I don't see it, uh, all this. Just want to say, I kind of called that one. Maybe. Possibly. You did. <laughs> Possibly. It doesn't mean it was the right move. No, absolutely team. not. <laughs> All right. 15 through 11. We're going Phillies at 15, Guardians at 14. They swap spots from last week. Red Sox stay at 13. The Brewers move down a spot from 11 to 12. And the Rays drop from 10 to 11. As they had a tough week, one and five for Tampa, um, a one and five record with a two point zero one team ERA. Um, that's what happens when you have to face the Yankees, and it's just three battles of a game, just three so intense games. And they got four more, three more against the Yankees tonight, um, starting tonight. So, yeah, tough for the Rays. I moved them back just a spot. You know, like I said, one and five, but. With the way that they've been pitching, uh, they should be all right. But, yeah, they're at 11 for me. All right, well, I went with the Phillies as well at 15. Twins to 14. Rays down to 13. Uh, Guardians at 12. And Brewers at 11. I don't know. I just... There's a lot of teams that are way more exciting than the Rays right now. And, yes, they're pitching well. But when it comes down to postseason baseball is the way I look at this all the time. And... 
if I'm matching the Guardians up against the Rays right now, I like the Guardians. Guardians are hot. Same, same thing with the Brewers and the next couple team guys because I had them, I had them last week right under the, excuse me, above the Blue Jays. And so I'm just going to read off that next group. Uh, Giants at 10, Red Sox at 9, Blue Jays at 8. I can't look at any of those individual matchups and say I would take the Rays based on current performance. Like and, right talking, now, and right now, this is a team that's without Wander Franco, mm-hmm. without Brandon Lau. Uh, let's see who else is out. Mike Zanino has been out for a while. That's three of your major, major offensive contributors. Not there anymore. And want to know another part that I feel like people don't talk about enough with this year's team? They basically just gave away Austin Austin Meadows. Yep. They were just like, here, Detroit. Like, I don't know what they got in return well, prospects right. or something. Let's, let's slow down. Actually, pump the brakes there because that is the most common thing to say about any raised trade. They gave them away gave for nothing. For and the next yeah. thing you know, this guy is going to be like okay. a reliever of the year candidate next year. Right, cool. Win win the reliever of the year. It's not going to help you in October when you bring in Nick Anderson after whatever one earned run allowed in 2020 and he gets shelled in every game of the postseason that year. I mean, cool. That's fine. But I'd rather have Austin Meadows up there raking for my offense that um, is 24th and runs scored. I'd much rather have that. We already got they, – they're, they're already stacked at the, in, in the bullpen. Yeah, roster just, again, makes such a difference. Um, I got to go through my next group there. Um, I went Twins at 10. Giants move up three spots to nine. They were my uh, second biggest gainer behind the Rangers. Cardinals move from seven to eight. Blue Jays move from six to seven after losing two out of three to the Yankees. And the Braves move from number eight to number six on my list. Yep, moving on... Um... I'm going to just to start at 7 now. I've got the Braves at 7 and the Cardinals at 6. Cardinals at 6 for uh, three straight weeks. I didn't want to mention this when I was mentioning that the bottom of my list was almost unchanged because I was hoping people would stay through. But now that we're here, I can say it. I could not justify making a single move after this. Like Interesting. Okay. At this point... Maybe the Braves squeak themselves into conversation for this to be a big seven, but there was nothing really for, there for me to say that I could really say the Cardinals weren't the sixth best team. Like I couldn't put any team below this, above them, no matter what they did. And same goes for the rest of them, because even just even just on middling weeks, they're a step above everybody else. Well, why don't you take us through the rest since it yep. is unchanged from from last week? Um, I've got the. Cardinals, as I said, at 6, Padres at 5, Dodgers at 4, Astros at 3, Mets at 2, Yankees at 1. Talking about the whole roster thing, I wanted to bring up the Yankees and Mets here because the more I think about it, this is very much an example of roster rather than performance decision Mm -hmm. because we know what the Mets are. The Mets aren't the sweep team. They're not the 9-1 weak team, but that's the beauty in the way that they play. Mm -hmm. So you really have to look at this. And when I'm looking at head-to-head, right now I am going to take the Yankees. But as far as I'm concerned, maybe as soon as Scherzer comes back, but definitely when Scherzer and DeGrom come back, the Mets are probably going up to the top spot and going there for good, potentially. Like, I just think, you know, if I'm going into a 
or they want to do a five game or seven game series between these two teams. Having those two there is the difference maker, and I'm not sure that the like the Mets will never be cold enough for me to say that they wouldn't beat that game, win that series. And obviously, as a diehard Yankees fan myself, I can't not agree with that. I mean, it's in in a seven game series or however long of a series it is. Legitimately, anything can happen, and it comes down to your pitching. And if you're facing Degrom and Scherzer, you could very well there's that could be a combined 14 innings and two earned runs out of them, and there goes two of the games in your series right there that are already are, that are already done. And you're talking a seven game series, you probably see them both twice. It could be four out of the seven games right there. Not that the Yankees don't have other arms to throw right back at them, but. It just seems like when you have that guy in the postseason, like Steven Strasburg in 2019 in the World Series, I'm so happy he won that MVP in the World Series because you watched those games. Houston had no clue what to do when he was on the mound. And that's what ends up winning the Nationals that series. It's not about, sure, the Howie Kendrick homer and Grant in, in a Game 7, super important, probably their most impactful play of the whole season. But it's about winning the games earlier in the series so you don't get to game seven i mean that's 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 what it's about and that probably that's probably like one of the most obvious like most pointless things i could have said but when you're in a series like this you're right it does it comes down solely to your roster construction um it really does it does and like again we're talking we're talking about a hypothetical world series matchup but at this point if it's not the red sox this is the world series i want to see this would be so much fun and when you get into the postseason, we're talking about a three-man rotation by the end of the postseason, by the CS and the World Series. And that's where I think the Yankees are going to struggle. And there's not going to be an answer. I don't think there's an answer right now out on the uh, why, uh, the trade mm. wire. There's no trade rumors. Yeah. There's no one that's really on the move that's going to solve this. They need an absolute dog to come in here. They, they need, need a that. dog. They need an absolute dog. It's not that they have cats, but they don't have a dog or two dogs. The Mets have two dogs. Garrett Cole's not a dog. What have you seen from Garrett Cole this both this year and in the postseason, particularly, that says um, he is on the caliber of Jacob Degrom and Max? No, Scherzer? no, okay, okay. If you're saying um, like the you ca- need somebody to battle um, with those two, uh, you know, uh, is as much need two as, of them. As, as, as Homer as this might sound, I feel like that if you don't have Garrett Cole at like number three or higher in your starting pitching rankings, just based on no. he's oh, been LJ, LJ. Everyone hates on him because they think that he's going to be able to recreate 2019 every single year. And guess what? I hate to tell people this, but it's called your best season because it's your best. It's not a yearly thing. Jacob Degrom is completely. In another league, he is in uh, quintuple A. He is f- five A's. You know, there's the MLB, and then there's quadruple A above that, we'll say, and then there's quintuple A above that. He is two leagues above the MLB. Garrett Cole, though, we can't just sit here and discredit what he's done. I can sit here and discredit his postseason record, though. Sure, you can discredit. And if, if, if it's this not is that what good. the conversation is coming down to is about postseason, then, then, then sure, we can say that. But um, all I'm saying is, and I'm not sitting around to say he's a bad pitcher because he's I'm not. Waiting to ha- I'm waiting for, for Jacob DeGrom to have some postseason success as well. None of these guys are bad pitchers. 
I just... Garrett Cole has not looked like the dominant starter over the the last two years. Yes. 2020, honestly. 2020 Garrett Cole. Year one with the Yankees. That's a dog. So second in the Cy Young last year is not a dog. It wasn't that. It wasn't the impressive lockdown throughout. I don't know. I'm just talking about eye test. Oh, yeah. And this isn't me trying to disrespect him. If we want to, for the sake of this conversation, let's put him in that. So you're talking yeah. about two to one. It's still two to one. It's yeah. still two to one. But it, we got nasty nesters, so when, that's like five to five I guess to two. the way I view them right now is, let's say Garrett Cole's on that top level. He's the okay. locked on number one. Okay. Then you got four guys who are pitching great, but don't have that, haven't proven that alpha level. Okay. They haven't proven that postseason. They're not the guy that you're feeling like, all right, this guy is ridiculously good. They haven't achieved that yet. That's not saying they're not going to. That's not saying they can't. I'm assuming three-man rotation, Garrett Cole, Nasty Nestor, Luis Severino. Yeah, okay. I mean, at, at, at this point, and then you still throw one of Tyone or Monty into the bullpen for your for a couple innings. Yes, for, yes. For an extended innings guy. And the beauty of Severino is you're not going to take him more than, like, it'll be rare, I think, if you see him go six in the postseason. But that that's your opportunity to really Just use your bullpen. Just depends on how he's going. Yeah, exactly. And um, with him, how strong it's been, and you're right. When, when you switch to the three-man rotation, it does... Uh, make things um, a lot easier. But, but let to me... wrap that up real quick. Yeah, and then I'll run through my top five. I've and got, can... you know, you've got Garrett Cole, and you've got a bunch of guys that are kind of all grouped together. Great, mm-hmm. but unproven. I'm looking at the Mets rotation right now. I would rank these two rotations at this very moment in time very similarly. Mm-hmm. The entirety of this, or the bottom four out of the six true starters for this team, Miguel, Carrasco, Walker, Bassett, are all on that same playing field with that full five, and they have Scherzer and DeGrom going. Like, that's that's just another level. The Yankees got to find a way to get there. If they're going to have... Then all of a sudden, form can be brought into the conversation. Well, my top five, there is a little change. Um, I keep the Astros at number five. Um, they had... Kind of a uh, well, I mean, four and two this week or the last week, so not bad. Um, you know, but their depth you're is just, certainly you're just being... generally still salty about 2019. No, 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 no. Look, it, I feel like five is a good spot to have them. Um, they're not better than any of the four teams ahead of them. I can tell you that right now. Um, you, you see where all this no, no, Chapman no. look up and you have PTSD flashbacks from I, I hate it. Uh, cool, yeah, I mean, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Regardless, the Astros, I mean, they've had some key injuries as of late. Jeremy Pena goes down. Jordan Alvarez goes down. Um, they, starting Tuesday, LJ, it's, they play the Mets first, okay? It's the Mets, and then they play the Yankees right after that. So, we're talking two top five matchups right there, back-to-back for them. We'll certainly have to get... Uh, to keep an eye out on that, as they they're coming to the East Coast, they're playing um, the at the Mets and then at the Yankees. Um, so we'll have to you know see how they end out the month um, with with those series. Dodgers, I drop a spot. They go from three to four. Um, they had been really really good actually this week. Um, they entered Sunday's game against the Guardians. 
They'd only allowed four runs in their previous four games. Um, that's pretty good, you know. That's okay. Yeah, uh, 2.57 ERA from their starting pitching still. Un- unreal. Uh, Tyler Anderson's back, pitching really good. Had Almost had a no-hitter um, the other night. Really like that. Padres, I move up a spot. Been one of the best teams in the league for most of the season. Um, they're obviously going to get a big test next or the next few weeks without Manny Machado. Um, but we did a pretty nice breakdown on the NL West yesterday, Padres, Giants, and Dodgers, and we kind of gave our thoughts that um, we're this is now the Padres or Giants time to take over. Now that at least the Giants, we think, but it's same with the Padres too. Um, number two, the Mets. They're ten and seven in June. I think they've won five of their last seven. Um, Jeff McNeil's playing really good as of late. That lineup is so much fun to watch. Not much more there. Yankees number one. They end their nine-game win streak yesterday. A bullpen really lets down lets us down for the first time this year. <laughs> Other than the chat when Chapman had the walk-off walk, I can't think of another time that I was uh, disappointed in the bullpen's performance. So, you know, talking June 20th, I can't be that mad. I mean, we have 17 losses and it's June 20th. Like the next closest team has 23. So, there's not much I can complain about, but now we start to get into now I just start to get nervous. Everyone needs to stay healthy. We can't get too far ahead of ourselves. And it's hard. And, LJ, I wanted to ask you about this, then we'll wrap up the show. That 2018 Red Sox team, which is clearly the best team in the league the whole season, when you get to this point in the season where you're on cruise control, did you get nervous and just think, like, you know, this could all, like, because we see how quick it happens where a team could go on a five, six-game losing streak hell the yankees last year won 12 in a row and then lost like eight in a row after that streak ended um you know were you ever at any point nervous or like how were you feeling during that stretch um well that was a very different i think that's a different situation much easier to play in situation than this because at this point you had back-to-back first round exits for this team they there was a lot of, can this team actually prove that they're going to get past that point because they've been contenders and division winners in the years prior. The other big piece to this whole that whole situation was the Yankees and the fact that they'd just gone out, they'd gotten Stanton, they'd went to the ALCS the year before. The media, We opened our championship window right there. 2017 was the opening of the mm-hmm. championship window, and the media was eating it up. Yeah. And as much as you're saying they were clearly the best team because they were the best team, you started it, off like 13 and two or something. It wasn't treated like we were the best team throughout that entire thing. Like or odds on the best team, mm-hmm. there was always this questioning, this overall, are they actually better than the Yankees? This, that, the other thing was basically the entire narrative that whole time. So that team had a lot of proving to do throughout the entirety of the season. You add that into the 20 June was probably the point of the least stability hmm. because you were just making the transition from Hanley Ramirez getting cut Memorial Day Steve Pierce getting added in mid-June and this is before Rivaldi was added to the rotation Steve Pierce wins the World Series MVP as a mid-season pickup and then, dip. and then promptly dips um, 
But yeah, it, and that was also I believe that was also the time, point in time where the uh, Hanley Ramirez drug lord allegations started coming up yeah. and everything. And so yeah, it was a weird situation. The Yankees right now are in a much less favorable spot because we're talking about a team who is clearly in control of both their division and the league. And now you're right, you're balancing rest and form. And how much do you want to do that? Because once, you, as soon as you start to thinking about resting, thinking about making sure everybody's healthy and the longevity of the team, you immediately dial back your concentration, your focus, overall your ability to play. And it's not that easy to turn that back on again. So finding the way to balance that is really the, one of the toughest things in baseball. And like, you know, the last time I checked, we haven't clinched a playoff spot yet. No. That's not official. Like there's nothing that's certain yet. We were off to a great start. We said it yesterday, we're not even, teams aren't even 70 games out of 162 into the season. We're not even halfway. And to sit here and to be talking about all this stuff is great. But, you know, let's get in, you know, let's get to the all-star break before we seriously start considering some, you know, at least like the future down the line talk, who we're going to get the trade deadline. I just want to win this series in Tampa tonight. I mean, for as much as, you know, how good the Yankees have been playing, I want to see them keep playing good because I've gotten let down in 2021. That was a horrible season last year to follow the team day by day. We won 93 games. It was awful. I hated it. So far this year, I've loved it. And it's just a different team, a different play style, just a whole different mindset. But still in the back of my head, I just have these memories from 2021 and 2020 and how 2019 ended. Even 2018, we're just... The team can go on stretches of just not good play for what could be weeks at a time. And if that's going to hit at some point this year, I'm hoping it's sooner rather than later. Because if we go on this crazy year and we somehow win 110 games or something, or even come close to that 116 mark, and we fail in the postseason, it's going to be... Very bad because I thought this offseason was bad from the New York media and how we approach free agency. I mean, heading into this year, you had everyone saying we're finishing fourth in the AL East, all this crap. If we do this and then don't have a good postseason run, it, it, it's it's over for a, a lot of these guys. And I don't see how the Yankees can move forward without making some kind of change if something like that was to happen. No, and to close off the show, isn't that the beauty of it, though? Yeah. I honestly... If you're a team that has a legitimate window, the saddest and least rewarding thing, I mean, it's always rewarding, but the least rewarding option is to win at the very beginning of the window. Mm. If you're one championships at the very beginning, and then you kind of fade out into oblivion after that, it's not, it's not as fun. It's not as rewarding because we talked about the same experience where, you know, you've got, in the Yankees situation, you have now four years of not getting over that hump not proving you can get there. And if they were to win it this year, that's the payoff of all of that. Being able to prove it to yourself, prove it to the team. In the case of the Mets, they technically, as far as I'm concerned, have been in some form of window. Like, mm. if they were to win now, that's not the, this isn't the start of their window. They've been squandering their window by collapsing and not making the playoffs. So, ultimately, if you're not a surprise team that didn't have a window to begin with, it's so much better to have this type of build-up where you have to go through the suffering and the pain and the losses to get to those wins. 
you, and I'll say one last thing and we'll close it out. You could make the argument that the Yankees did exactly that and won the 2009 title at the beginning of their championship window, which might sound weird, but so they win in 09, you know, Jeter, Cano, Teixeira, A-Rod, that infield, legendary with Posada catching. 2010, they go out, they get Curtis Granderson. They go and get Curtis Granderson. They could have traded for Cliff Lee, who very heavily in on Cliff Lee, one of the best pitchers in the league at the time. We face him in the World Series with the Phillies. Very heavily in on Cliff Lee. We end up not trading for him. That winner gets traded in the winter, I think to the Indians at that point. Or I don't even know who it was. Let me see. And then he gets traded again during the middle of the 2010 season. He got traded twice within the span of like six, seven months, and the Yankees weren't either of the teams. Yeah, it he was got Seattle and Texas. It was from Cleveland yep. to, to. He went from Cleveland to Philly, Philly in 2009. Yep. And then. And then Seattle to Texas. Yeah, so he went from. Philly. Philly. He went from Philly to Seattle in the offseason, and then Seattle to Texas during the 2010 season. Um, and the Yankees very easily could have went and, and made that deal. You can look up, there's plenty of articles about it. And they lose in six games to who else but the Rangers in 2010 in the ALCS. After that, they don't do anything. They go out. They try to you know add some some other uh, a pitching age or not AJ Burnett, but guys like Freddie Garcia, uh, Bartolo Colon for a point, and it just didn't work out. And it, it's sad to think about because that was 2010, 2011, 2012 Yankees team certainly was in the middle of a championship window that didn't work out. And now we're here where we still haven't won a title and we're thirsty. You know, I, I'm very lucky. Last thing I promise I'll say, I'm very lucky to be a Yankees fan where it's expected by pretty much everyone that we compete every year. But it also leads to some of the most disappointing years because it's not like I'm an Orioles fan where we know that they're not going to be good and that they're not going to be contending. They're just looking to see some internal improvement, watch some of their favorite guys play. With the Yankees, we're held to such a high standard and just hated by the rest of the league, which I love. I mean, I love being the enemy. But when things aren't going our way, it's you're going to hear about it from more than one person. And doing a daily show, I certainly hear a lot about it from, from, from LJ. Well, it was quite the uh, yeah. yeah. That's quite the show. Quite the show. Thank you for listening. Check us out: Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, MLB Daily Pod. Be back tomorrow. We're going to do a lot of recording tomorrow, I think, um, and we'll certainly keep you um, in the loop on what exactly uh, we have planned for the next few weeks. But yeah, we'll see you. See you tomorrow. See you mañana. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. 
Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.